listening to Empowered Podcast with Patrick Maguire as he has empowered conversations with great people, doing great things and helping others. Join us at empoweredpodcast.ca. Hey friends, Patrick Maguire here, Empowered Entrepreneur. This is something that I've been waiting for. This is one that I've wanted to have. This is a good friend of mine. We've become friends through business, actually through Altitude Accelerator and Startups Transform podcast. We had a great connection and we've been trying to do some business together, but we we talk outside of the podcast. So this guy's doing something a little different, but it's in a very traditional world. He's doing something that's not traditional and he's making things happen in a different way and he's delivering and he's over delivering and his clients are begging him for more. I'm talking about Casey Binkley at Movia Media. You've got to check it out. If you haven't done it already, look at movia.media and you're going to see what they're doing. They're doing mobile advertising, but they're delivering the data analytics of who actually sees their ads. A mobile billboard that delivers you the analytics? That's crazy. So Casey, hey buddy, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm excited for this. I know that I've been waiting for this one because you and I just talk and have a great time anyways. Patrick. How do you come up with these introductions? Because I don't think I've ever had an introduction <laughs> as good as that, quite literally. Well, I probably should have wrote that one down then because now I've got to repeat it somehow. I'm going to be looking it up for eternity because I think that's going to go down in history. Thank you. Well, it's you're doing good work and, and I'm, I'm a big fan. So I'm your fan in this podcast, even though you're on my podcast. I'm a big fan of what you guys are doing. I love the way you're delivering it, but because I've pitched this to a pretty large corporation and I always sort of slip it into my conversations, whether you get leads out of it or not, I don't know, but I really hope you do. I think it's crazy what you're doing with Movia and I want to get into that a little bit, but also just talk about how the struggles of being an entrepreneur are all about. So I'm again, I'm happy we're here and having this conversation and thanks for uh, letting me know I'm doing a half decent job. It's awesome. I'm excited to be here and I pat you on the back with what you're doing with the, the podcast and all your stuff outside of it. We're both, I would like to say, go-getters. So it's like or, to get stuff done and connect with people and and have a little bit of fun along the way. Yeah. So I think that's we're either go-getters or we both have issues. I know I, I, you, I know not just myself, but a lot of people <laughs> that I know would agree with that about me. Cool. Well, just so everybody knows, Casey is, he's the, he's a guy that helps brands maximize their advertising results with unique combination of mobile ads and technology. Kind of touched on that already. Movia installs tracking and Wi-Fi collecting services and devices on the trucks, acting as those moving billboards. And you're offering that real-time impression analytics and retargeting opportunities so that brands can view their real-time dashboard to see when and where somebody's seen their ads. And Casey and I spent a lot of time and I got to understand this, that the ROI is multiple times, Casey knows this off my heart, I don't, multiple times better than a static billboard. And even then the fact that we see it repeat repetitively, they can then build relevant audience and reach over and over again for those that saw it based on mobile devices, based on their locations, geo-tracking, things like that. And the effectiveness is way beyond what traditional out-of-home advertising can offer. So Casey, give us a little bit of that before you and I just start rambling. Tell me what Movia Media is really doing. And I think we got most of it, but make it simple so everybody gets it. Yeah, I mean, you're hitting it on the head, but I mean, essentially we're connecting old traditional outdoor advertising with digital analytics, retargeting, and 
acquisition capabilities, okay. which I know is a lot of snippets in a short burst there. Sounds like a marketing but, sales pitch. No, I can't. But basically, yeah, we, we put ads on trucks and we connect that with cool, with two cool techs. We have a patented analytics device that goes on each wow. truck. It does, it's a GPS, so we know location. But the cool thing we do is impression analytics through Wi-Fi and Bluetooth measurement. Most people leave their Wi-Fi or Bluetooth on the, the truck drives around. We pick all this available signal up. We know what devices saw the trucks where and when, and we report that on a live analytics dashboard. So it's kind of your Google AdWords or your out of outdoor advertising in terms of where the delivery happened, how many people saw it, how often they saw it, time of day. So that's kind of our first step. And then we connect this data into online mobile retargeting and serve digital messages back out on two phones through apps like Facebook, Instagram, the Weather Network, and there's about a thousand apps. So yeah, we connect the, the experience through from seeing a truck ad to potentially seeing that on your phone and going to a website and making a purchase or signing up for a newsletter or, or whatever it is. So. I, I love that idea. And I mean, obviously it was one that I got excited about and, and we talked about it with a certain individual in a group and we said, Hey, wouldn't it be cool? And I've been to Vegas so many times that I said, wouldn't it be cool if we put this into pro in a practice and when your trade show came up and just, we'll call it the automotive industry that they were in. If you walk out of your hotel building and you're going on your way over to Starbucks and it's about three blocks over and on your way to Starbucks, you see a truck that's wrapped up with such and such company X. And then you come out of Starbucks and you see another truck with company X on it. And then all of a sudden you're walking those three blocks over to the actual convention center and you see two or three more trucks drive by and you're just like, what the heck? These guys are everywhere. You go inside, you see the booth, which we talked about Casey dropping a, a beacon on their booth. Then you're coming back out and you see a couple more trucks on the way back when you walk to the restaurant for dinner. Then you go back to your hotel and all of a sudden when you open up your laptop, boom, boom. It's like company X owns everything in Vegas at that trade show. And that's the picture that I want people to understand is with new technologies that, that you're delivering. I got so excited the first time we talked about it. That's what I see. And for marketing pros that are out there today, I think you should be getting a hold of Movia, get a hold of, of Casey and, and figure out how can you put this into practice when and where. It's not even an if, it's just... It's crazy. Casey, what type of, you've talked about it, what type of returns or what type of results are we getting off of mobile display ads versus uh, the static billboard somewhere way up in a building there? I like to think are quite good um, compared to, I mean, anything even. So to run through a few campaign examples that I like to highlight or whatnot, like we build a lot of case studies. Uh, recent one that we did was on the Equalizer uh, Clarice. Mm -hmm. uh, a couple of TV shows that launched not that long ago, but uh, Queen Lativa was the main in the Equalizer. Yes. Uh, really popular show. It sounds like you remember, Patrick. I actually saw the truck and I didn't want to say that, but yes, I saw the truck and I didn't know it was you at the time when I saw it until we had our other meeting and podcast session before. So that's when I found out of it. Cool. Oh, that's awesome. So on that <laughs> campaign, we... It was, it was executed in Toronto and Calgary. We did 12 trucks in Toronto and 10 in Calgary. It was a seven week duration. There was an email that went out from a third party brand lift study across the GTA. And we mm -hmm. 
asked a series of questions. And one of the questions was pertaining to unheated recall. So Kit, do you remember seeing truck ads with anything on it? And it's an unaided, so it's, you're not providing any answers. You're not providing any photos or anything like that. So they're not and prompted. They're not, a, you're not poking the bear type thing. Exactly. It's, okay. it's unaided. We had a 31.4% response rate that wow. came back. They saw the campaign. That's crazy. I mean, most people don't I, remember what they had for lunch. It's pretty good. I thought, yeah. So, so that would be a strong data point. And then on the same one, there was a couple other strong. So 78% of people that saw the trucks watched one episode or more. So the intent to actually do something in this case, watch was quite high. So, but from a broadcast point of view, they're looking for the, the long-term exposure. We had a 53% people that saw the trucks watch two or more episodes. So like, that sounds good. I think it's super strong. It's basically saying 2 million people saw the truck ads and the GTA. Yeah. And then roughly, or remember seeing the truck ads. And then of that, for them basically turned into somewhat long-term viewers of some extent over two. Wow. And that's an interesting call to action, I think, because they're telling someone, hey, look at our ad on the truck. Uh, we pinged your device and so forth. But they're actually saying, we don't just want you to remember us. We want you to take action on a different device, uh, like a TV, uh, and watch our show. And hey, why don't you come back twice to get the metrics that you just shared with us? And you're saying like a pretty large chunk of those uh, remembered it. And of that, like half of them actually watched two episodes. That's, I think the call to action works. It's pretty cool data. So <laughs> I don't know. I could, I could go through other ones, but yeah. Yeah. If anybody's interested, we'd love to reach out and obviously connect. We have kind Absolutely. of different stuff. Figure yeah, do out. check it out. I do want people to check out Moby Media because I'm a big fan of what you guys are doing. I know you're doing a lot of stuff in the States as well. In the US, you've got some pretty big brands you've worked with, and I don't know which ones I'm allowed to mention or not, so I won't. But I know you got some big brands that you can talk about, can't talk about, and the traction you guys are getting is just getting bigger and bigger. It's pretty exciting. Is there anything in the States you might want to mention that people might connect with men. We just did a big one for the ALS association. And that yeah. was a holiday campaign that was up over the Christmas and the gifting Tuesday, 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 basically. So that was live across eight, eight markets in the U S fairly recent. We've got another one that's been up for this uh, Valori. They're an active clothing brand hmm. and we've been helping with some store launches and now it looks like we're going to launch in another seven or eight markets with them coming up. So. It's wow. been a pretty awesome success story as well. Sometimes I don't always have the hard data numbers, but. You just gave me an idea for something that I'm working on coming up on Father's Day weekend. So we'll have to talk about that a little later offline. That's right. Good. Uh, All right. What? Hey, look, we're friends now. We've been chatting about lots of stuff and yeah, I don't want this to be a, a love plug fest on Moby Media, but you know, you're an entrepreneur and I'm just curious I know a bit of your story. I know a lot of your story. We've shared it before, but maybe help people understand. I'm curious on what happened kind of early in your life that made you think that you should be an entrepreneur. That's kind of an odd, funny question. So like I come from an entrepreneurial family. My dad is an entrepreneur. He's got a jet burnt, right? So like yep. that, that, but I think 
So my dad was is entrepreneurial in the sense that he's in the car business. Okay. His dad was in the car business. So there's some long blood in the car business. Yeah. I was in the car business, working at the car dealership. My father wanted me in the car business. Oh. So when I started, when I went out, went to school at Dalhousie, and I could tell you probably 50 entrepreneurs that would, that would accredit their taking the jump to this one professor out of Dalhousie. His name is Ed Leach, and he has inspired a lot of great entrepreneurs. I remember um, you mentioning Ed before to me a, a few times, and clearly it works because somebody else also told me about Ed Leach. Well, there you go. He's, he's navigated a lot of us to just take the chance, go try something. It's okay. I think that, I think one thing that he was big on is it's okay to fail as mm -hmm. long as you learn, as long as you're learning, it's okay to fail. Oh, that means I've got a massive education. Like I've got a PhD in failure. Yeah. So I think like he was somebody that kind of set me on a different path where I knew I wanted to be entrepreneurial, but he got me thinking about like, oh, it's okay to just go try a little different and then it snowballs. Once you get going on one thing, maybe it doesn't, it goes good. It doesn't go good. Who knows? But then you get another idea. You get going on something yeah. else like you're the same as that. It's hard. Sometimes it's hard to say no to stuff, right? That's like probably the hardest thing. That's what I've been doing lately too, right? Is saying no. Okay. LinkedIn's awesome. Sometimes I live stream these sessions on LinkedIn and then release them as podcasts and videos later on YouTube. But, um, not this one. We decided to hold this one back for a little bit for the launch to get out there and do some marketing around it. But, you know, LinkedIn, I think is awesome. And the fact that they have creator mode now has been wonderful for someone like me that just has these crazy ideas and wants to put it out there. Whether someone picks it up or not, doesn't matter. But you and I were talking earlier that we just seem to get these cringeworthy LinkedIn connection requests and almost without a doubt that someone's going to say, Hey, Pat, Hey, Casey, let's connect. I think we have something in common. I'm like, right away I go, what are they going to sell me? And, but at the same time, on the flip side, I just got two offers to come work with somebody else for another job or a contract just through LinkedIn. I have no connection with them other than maybe a third party or something. And like you said, we just have to focus and, and I find it really weird, but this is the first time in my life because of all the things I am doing, podcast and NFTs and taking care of my clients, but. I've had to say no. So I'm, I'm hundred percent on board. I agree with you that sometimes you just got to say no. And that's the hardest thing as an entrepreneurial brain will do. And you've been pretty focused though. Like it's been Movia straight through and through for quite a while now. And you guys are really getting some momentum. I mean, you got some, can I, I don't know if I can say it. I'm going to say it. You guys got some hiring challenges now because you've been growing so much, right? Yeah. We're trying to find, I mean the top hiring market. So I'm not the only one having hiring, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're looking for good people and it seems like it's hard to find super good talent. Right. So I was What's, kind of uh... at it. like, we're a small team. We're 10 full time. And I okay. look at it like we're bringing somebody, like if we had somebody else onto the team, that's 10% more horsepower. It's right. Like it's like wow. substantial. Especially that's if they're in sales, like that's not just horsepower, but that's a deliverable item, right? Totally. So that's the torque and the foot ground power coming out the back end. So who's ever coming on the team has got to be a real superstar. I don't want to say, <clears throat> I don't want to negate on B squad, but we're looking for a heavy A squad over here. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. Bring the big bats. We're calling for Bautista. We're putting you in sales. Let's go. Yeah, I, know. Just, I don't know. You need that dedication, passion. You need somebody that's going to go the extra mile and get excited about it. So, yeah. And we in Toronto, guys, we're looking for uh, Marners, Matthew, Nylander, all to line up together and deliver on that specific day. But every day of the year for Movia. Yeah. What um, sort of flip-flopping back again, you haven't always been doing Movia. I mean, we're young, but not young. And you've done some other stuff. I mean, help people understand what led to Movia. Like, where did you start and kind of struggled? Like you said, some of those failures and successes. What sort of things have you done without me reading off the bios from your LinkedIn, which people, by the way, you can find Casey on LinkedIn if you want to connect with him and find Movia and either be a friend or get a job. But what else have you done? Connect with me on LinkedIn, but I'm going to be better response on email. So if you really want to get in touch, just shoot me an email, Casey, C-A-S-E-Y at movia.media. Same as the website. There you go. Hit the website too, movia.media and see if you can find a job that fits you. If you're a superstar. I'm not a huge, I'm uh it's easy for me because I'm an at home guy. So I'm not into all this social stuff as much. Yeah. I'm a traditional at home. Gotcha. And he does out of home marketing. Oh yeah. I've had a few different things. I don't know. I just, uh, so I've had a recycling, a little recycling business that I had out of Dalhousie. We did cell phones, printer cartridges, rechargeable set batteries. It was a great little venture when I was at, in university. Was that the first uh, project that Ed turned you on to when he said just? I think the very first project I did, I was in an entrepreneurial class, like 101 entrepreneurship, like first year university. I, a lot of people will tell you they'll remember this, but you go into his class and the first thing that he tells you to do is that you're going to make a venture and mm -hmm. you're going to get graded on your venture. And that's partially on how much money you make. And you get to start your venture with a hundred dollars or something like that. You had okay. a limit on, and then you had a month or two months to execute it. And it's like, oh, make it happen. You're like, okay. So my, our first venture, me and my buddy, we went to Walmart and we were buying air fresheners for 30 cents or whatever it was. And we were going door to door in residence <laughs> and now all selling them for three for five. So we were making like three X or four X per one. That's awesome. But it wasn't a home run, right? Well, I mean, but it's, it is part of what we all do these days is find something of value that somebody else wants and sell it. I, you made me think of the guy that did the paper clip and he did it on YouTube. He's a young guy. My son watches them. I watch it with him when these ones come on, not the other ones, but this guy went and he traded from a paper clip or no, it was a penny. I can't remember. I think it was a penny he found on the ground and then traded up to a paper clip and traded up to this and that. He followed that whole story that we've all heard in the past, but this was like a 19, 20 year old kid. And he put on like a suit that didn't really fit. And his whole point was he wanted to go from a penny that he found to buying this girl and her, her fiance a house during COVID because they lost everything. And she had just graduated and she was making her own business. So she was an entrepreneur too. And she was like creating craft kits or something like that. And they didn't have any room. She was doing it at the kitchen table and they were in a tiny little like two room rented apartment because they lost their house and the kid pulled it off. So your air freshener idea isn't that far off. If you got value, someone else will buy it. Yeah. hundred percent. So yeah, there's been a few. So there was this recycling one and then I had a trade show company for a few years 
Me and my oh, wow. dear buddy Jordan ran that called the Eco Expo. I've always had a bit of a sustainability kick on stuff that I do. Yes, uh, we'll talk so about that too. Don't let me forget. You know, the Toronto Green Living Show, right? I would assume. Yeah. So we basically hosted the Toronto Green Living Show in Halifax two years in a row. I didn't realize that. Holy cow. We had about 110 or 120 vendors. We had foot traffic of, I think, about three or 4,000 people each year. So, but it was like me and my buddy that hosted this thing. We were young, I can remember. Because we had some like decent brands that would would sponsor the event. We would just kind of call around and make it happen while we're in university. People would show up to this event and they would be like, okay, where's the event organizers? Like we'd rent like 50,000 square feet of space. <laughs> We're like 17, 18 years old or whatever it was. People would come up to their, they'd rent their huge booth, send their check in, get all the pre-register. And then they would show up for this event and they were like, okay, we want to meet the mean organizers. And it would show up and we were like kids. They would be like, what the? <laughs> oh my goodness. I love it though. I absolutely love it. I mean. Who cares how old you are, young you are? Did you do a good job? Did you deliver a good service? Did you bamboozle somebody into a marketing package that bought a booth? Maybe. But it was so good value. People showed up. It was like, it was another big event. Like we had some cool stuff happening. That's crazy. I I love the fact that you did it when, you know, you were in university and you didn't really have massive overheads or debts and houses and cars and families. And you just did that. I mean, that's a massive revenue opportunity and it's profitable from the get-go and without the opportunity with sustainability, which I found out was not as profitable as you would like it to be. You got a dinner out of it. We had a hard time getting, we had great experience for sure, but we had time, hard time getting proper support. We could never get city support. The city of Halifax, like five grand, which is like Thanks for the five grand. What's five grand for a huge trip or whatever. And then I don't think the province, we couldn't get anything out of the province. And then, so we had some like, it wasn't as easy as it, or it should have, I think that there would have been more support. I just, it was a little bit maybe before it's time. Yeah, maybe. Speaking of eco, we're going to jump back to Movia. I know people will ask this one and I know the answer already. So I just want to put it out there because. You and I are both very eco-conscious. I mean, I move things onto one of my prepaid debit cards all the time because I can do it just with my phone. It's easy, but that's not the point. The point is that every time I use it, I get some Satoshis back because I like crypto, but also I plant a tree every time I use a stupid card. So I know someone's going to say, well, wait, yeah, Casey, Pat, like you like this guy's company. You say you're eco-friendly. You're a green guy. Casey says he's green, but those trucks are driving around. I mean, to me, the answer is the trucks are driving around, whether we put a wrap and a beacon on it or not, but you have an answer and you are committed to being green. I want you to share that instead of me saying it. Yeah. I mean, it's, you were like halfway down the road there. That's exactly it. Like we're using trucks that are already out on the road. So regardless if we put ads on these trucks or not, they're still going to go out and deliver goods. So we're not adding because again, they're already out. So like, it's kind of a net zero in that sense. On top of that, uh, we partnered with two non-for-profits, Trees for the Future, Highway of the Heroes. For every truck that's on the road, every four weeks, we plant a hundred trees. And we just did our totals. That's We're awesome. up to 70, 75,000 trees now, which is pretty sweet. 75,000 trees, folks. That's what we've- That's huge. 
I think it's pretty sweet. Wow. Yeah. And and so let me just back up. How long has it been now since we started that program or you started that program? Three, three and a half, four years, something like that. We've been at it for a little bit, but we didn't do it right at the start. It was something that we developed once we got going. Yeah. COVID was a little slow yeah. for us. So we're going to, we'll get, we'll be over a hundred thousand by the end of the year. This is huge. This is awesome. So, you know, we're not just talking about trucks driving around. We're ta- not talking about marketing, advertising. You're not just offsetting the carbon footprint for those trucks, but I, I like to think about the green trees that are going to last for the next hundred years, 200 years, whatever it's going to be. Like a lot of us forget about that. We all talk, well, oh, but how do they offset it? And then they talk about the trees they planted. Okay. Well, that offset it. Sure. But that tree is going to outlive all of us and keep offsetting carbon in the future. So that's pretty awesome. Close to a hundred thousand. I mean, 75,000 now that's a huge tree number, buddy. That's a lot of toothpicks. I crack up. No. A million. All right, folks. So if you're in marketing, advertising, and you like green stuff, you like offsetting carbon, and you want to help Casey plant a million trees and get a little marketing for your company, a little good exposure. I always talk about exposure, the good stuff. Exposure. It's great exposure. It's better. Yeah, I stand corrected. We got to get off of this. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, that's fantastic. I love it. I, as Casey and I, Clearly, you can tell we joke around a lot, but you were in plastic for a while, right? Like you got Axle Plastic on your list. And I'm thinking, how's the green guy in plastic? Can you educate us on that one? Yeah. When we first got into, so my plastic stuff, we, we manufactured beer making equipment for homebrewers. So we veered off a little bit on this one, but yeah, so we manufactured plastic homebrew equipment, a racking system for recycling and holding beer bottles. And then a fermenting system for actually making. Nice. So we manufactured in Michigan and China and we sold the products in roughly four, across about 1400 retail stores, I think about 45 countries. So we did that for five years. My ex-partner is still building the business. It's doing really well. It was doing great when I was there. He's grew it even more than where. He's down in building down in Michigan. Now they've built a big building manufacturing plant. So he's doing really good with it. It's awesome. That's fantastic. Yeah. And I'm just going to rip through a couple of your past experiences real fast. So everybody knows, I mean, obviously we talked about Movia Media. We just talked about how Axel Plastic was into recycling in the beer market. I like it. We have a common friend in that category too. Uh, we've talked about him in the past, but also Eco Energy Home Services, Ready, Set, Recycle, Atlantic Pro Eco Expo, which we talked about a little bit. We can keep going in this, but clearly you love being green. And it shows. So that's pretty cool. Why not? I don't know. It just seems like we should. I don't know. I just, yeah. when I went to school, I did a double major. I did I major in entrepreneurship and environmental studies. So I just, I had to do enough schoolwork that I got submerged in the topic. And I don't know. I look outside at the weather and it's just kind of, I grew up in BC. We didn't have forest fires every summer in BC. My parents still live yeah. in BC. My mother has asthma. There is a forest fire season for two months of summer now. We're like, it is smoggy because there's forest fires all over the place. That didn't used to be a thing. So like, there's just, yeah, I, I don't know. Come on. I, the, it's like midway March and we're like, we're plus 15 the other day. Did we ever get that when you were younger? Yeah, no, I'm pretty confused about the weather right now. In fact, I looked out and I went before I came down to the studio and I was like, it's freaking snowing out again. I thought we were done. That's kind of what it is, right? Like 
it's going kind of haywire. It's yeah, jumping. I was t-shirt weather the other day and freezing today and it's kind of all over the place, but you're right. There's a lot of forest fires. I mean, cousins live in California, just outside of uh, San Diego and Carlsbad area. And man, they've had years of fires in a row where they've had to vacate their homes. Okay. Well, where'd you go? Well, we went down the valley ahead of the fire. Then we went up the valley on the other side to our friend's house. And we watched the fire come and wrap around our neighborhood at the top of this other peak. And they talked about how just two or three streets didn't get touched. And one, one of them was their house was on that street. And the other one was their church was on the other street and didn't get touched. But, but both sides of that sort of peak were just, you're right. It happens all the time. Now it's all over the map. So we've got to figure something out and whether it's climate change or whether it's global warming, we're just not doing something to take care of the, the environment. So I love that you've taken such a focus on always doing things for the environment and doing it with your business. Every entrepreneur, we operate our, our organizations or companies on this great planet. It's providing and yep. letting us do all this or making it possible. So let's not, as they say, shit in your bed, right? Yeah. Well, I would say that we, uh, we just had a mic drop call to action for all the entrepreneurs out there. And if you're doing business and you have the opportunity to do something good for the environment, Casey called you out. You're on task. Get it done and figure it out. Don't, you should have something. There should be some sort of motto in your thing. I'll tell you what, just call trees for the future. You can make a small a donation to them. They will love to plant trees. You can do it alongside of us. I challenge everybody to get down and plant some trees. It's super easy. They'll take care of it all. That's pretty all cool. All you gotta do is send them a little check. Boom. And you know what? On a sort of my personal tangent, that employs a bunch of people, which people don't think about. They're like, oh, we're just paying to plant trees. Well, I'm going to tell you, I did the Ontario Ranger program. So I was sent up in the bushes for a summer and we fought fires. We planted trees. We cleared out weevil removals from trees to make sure the trees grew better. So you're helping those people plant trees and, and actually make some money. You're giving some college or high school kid a job, which is, that's a really interesting so, circular economy. The other crazy thing with trees for the future. So most of their planting happens in third world countries. And when they do the planting, they do, they do it alongside local farmers. So a lot of the time, the, the planting efforts turn into like economic for the, so it's, there's a fair wow. bit of, it's pretty cool for sure. Yeah, that is pretty cool. And if anyone does look his LinkedIn, I'm not going to ask him about it too much here, but you got to tell us something, Casey, exploration and development, mind gold and platinum. Hello. We've never even talked about that. And I didn't even look at your LinkedIn on that one before, but give me a really quick one on that. And then I'm going to come back and bug you about Movia. I, I, I actually forgot this is still up there at some point. Retire it. But I went, I went gold mining up in the Yukon for a summer with a group of friends or, well, we were a little mining organization for a summer. Our buddies. That is so cool. Friend, Chris, in a weird way. Dad got, yeah, it was awesome. I mean, we, my favorite TV show is Gold Rush. So Love that was it. pretty much us for a summer up in the Yukon running machines, not showering wow. as much as we, these days living. That is crazy. And I mean, that is, to me, that is the entrepreneurial spirit, right? We do these things. You got like up there. I mean, my goodness, gold mining, you got to hustle every minute of every day until there's no sun or the permafrost shows up again. <laughs> like that's entrepreneurial. So I, I brought that up because I wanted to hear that. I was hoping that I would get that response because it is all about the entrepreneurial spirit inside you and 
there is that down to earth piece of digging in dirt. We've just changed the position to be more mining for gold and nuggets with marketing, data analytics, Movia. So what gave you the idea for Movi Media when the time came? I was just looking for a new opportunity. I was, we'd been running the beer, the fast brewing or axle plastic, but we would go by fast brewing. Anyways, I'd been doing that for five years and just kind of was starting to think about what I wanted to do next. It was great, but it was a small market, like 3 million people. We kind of captured most of the market share. So it just wasn't going to be something that was going to be long-term. And the other thing, like as much as I like beer and have an odd beverage, when you're in the beer space and people that know me in advertising, I feel like I have more of a choice to drink being in advertising. I can at least say no. And yeah, with, when you're in the beer industry, if you go to a beer industry conference and you're selling equipment in the beer industry and don't drink or something like that. So like when I was in the industry, I was just drinking a little bit too heavy. I was catching up with health wise. Yeah. Yeah. That gets us. Well, I'm a McGuire and I choose not to drink or I drink very little now. There was a time I might've had a few extra wobbly pops here and there, maybe a few extra, but uh, I agree with you. There's a time to have a drink and a time not to have a drink. So I can see that. And I guess looking for change, still the entrepreneur, what triggered this idea? Mobile billboards. Uh, literally. So yeah, I was driving back from Michigan. We'd been down in Detroit because we had a manufacturer down there. I was on the highway. I can literally think I was like, I was pondering ideas. I had a blank truck drive past. I had a truck with an ad, another blank truck. I said, Hey, why is there so many blank trucks out here? Came back, did some research, found out there was only a handful of companies in North America that did kind of truck side advertising. Nobody had any cool wow. data analytics, like accountability measurements. So found a tech guy and spent about a year with him kind of developing our MVP. And then got that working and started to partner with some truck companies. So made those calls, got them on board. So, and then got it to a point where, yeah, we were close and then just kind of took the leap, did a little exit package with my ex-partner and jumped into this one because we were kind of set up ready to sell. So I don't know, it was kind of interesting because I wasn't sure if it was actually going to work, but I was out of the other one. So I had to make it work. Well, you can always flip burgers at McDonald's or go back to beer. So do something like, all right. So you just, yeah, you decided to go all in and say, I'm doing it and make it happen. The first thing I thought of when you were saying the trucks drove by and drove by, it made me think of that, uh, you see on the side of trucks now is pretty common is that little sort of wavy shield that's underneath the truck to increase aerodynamics and reduce drag and increase fuel efficiency. There was a time when we didn't see any of that stuff and now we see it all over. I don't doubt that's exactly the same path that Movia is going to take is that Companies are going to recognize that, hey, I could make a little money for my blank trucks being wrapped. They're driving around anyways. I might as well increase or double dip or triple dip and increase my revenue streams without doing anything. And that's the way I think of it. That's why I think this is brilliant because you could walk up and say, hey, how would you make make an extra X on your trucks? And you do nothing. Like to me as a truck owner, as a delivery guy, Granted, the Canpars and FedExes, they wrap their own trucks with their own stuff. There's a purpose there. But for everybody else, this is a no-brainer. It'd be like, yeah, sure, Casey, wrap my truck, send me a check. For sure. Is that but where you also, see things uh, going? It, it sounds that simple, but then there's a lot of companies that want white trucks. They don't want branded. They don't want their trucks branded. They're too busy. So it's just, they don't have enough time to think about doing something like this. Or they're under contract with another supplier. 
So like the other supplier just wants okay. them to use white trucks. Sometimes there's like security issues. Apple doesn't want hmm, their tablets driving around in a truck that's got something on it that might turn it into a target, right? So yeah, or, or, or an Apple, you don't want a big Apple sign on the side of an Apple truck because that's going to get uh, taken care of. Have you? No, I have not. That's what made me think of it. And and then I look at, uh, you probably don't want a big liquor beer sign on the side of the truck with all the apples in it because that's probably going to get stolen too. Well, that's actually, it's, you would think that's more common though. There's a fair bit of beer truck or alcohol advertising on, on trucks. Yeah. Yeah. It's been getting big, but um, interesting. I never thought of it that way that there's companies out there that probably have to protect what's inside and they want those white trucks. It's a good point. Or they want to keep their own brand on the truck. You can't blame them for that. Yeah, I know, but it doesn't make Movia any money. Trust me, I know. But like, I can't fault a trucking owner when he's, ah, oh, we're going to keep our JB Hunt on the trucks. Because like, yeah. I know JB, JB Hunt. Absolutely. I mean, you can't fault them for doing exactly what you're doing as a service, right? I mean, it's your truck. Fine, wrap it yourself. Exactly. Good. So. What keeps you going, man? What keeps you popping up out of bed in the morning and hustling 10, 12, 24 hours a day. I don't know. I just get excited about doing stuff. It's fun to build stuff. It's fun to make yeah. other people happy and just end up in these situations. I was thinking about it earlier. We got, we were talking about some of our client success stories or whatever. And it's just funny. Cause like you think back about five years ago, driving down the highway, seeing billboards on the side of the truck to like, <clears throat> now we're talking about client success stories and like, kind of funny little nuances yeah. that are funny about one of them or whatever. And like, I had kind of a reality check. I was like, wow, this is kind of hilarious. So deja vu or whatever you want to call it. We are at this point. Now we're talking like these in-depth kind of nuances to ad campaigns that I would have never have thought of five years ago. Right. Wow. Wow. You, you're now starting to nitpick data analytics versus we just wrapped some trucks and we got some data back. Now you're yeah. digging into it. Very, yes, very strategic on what we're doing or executing. That's There's, pretty awesome. There has to be a reason for why you're doing something. If you can't measure it, then you really shouldn't begin. Well, I like that. And I'm going to have to mark the, the podcast on that one because that's awesome. If you can't measure it, then why are you doing it? There's got to be a reason for whatever you're doing. So hopefully people resonate with that one. That's why I like to repeat some of these things that come out whenever I'm doing podcasts, but that makes a lot of sense, right? Get motivated to do it, which is what you clearly have been saying. And can you measure it to make sure your motivation is on track or at least you're doing something right? Yeah. And I don't cool. know, I get excited I mean, when we get up and we're just an email away from like landing the next biggest campaign all over the place. We're, we that's have a huge, weird, right? It's literally could be an email win that somebody wants to use all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've, I mean, don't know if you're allowed to share, but you had two big brands come together in the States that you mentioned to me and that's pretty big. And when the big brands are calling you up saying, we want to do a wrap on a truck, we want to get all your data analytics and we're doing it on behalf of our customer. And then we're going to drop the trucks in the parking lot over nights and over weekends. So people don't just see them driving around, they see them park there. And the fact that their products are inside of those stores, like there's people in big positions that are really getting this idea. So clearly you guys are getting out there and people are recognizing it. Yeah, it's exciting for sure. So you can name drop all the logos that are on our website for sure. I don't think 
<laughs> I just I'm, don't want to get anyone in trouble. Right. I mean, I know there is one that I won't mention. Right. It is in the Ontario region because they had a great campaign and it was amazing, successful. And when I first started talking with Casey about a year and a half ago, two years ago, I actually said, oh, I saw that and I know that truck. And he's, yeah, I was right at the beginning of this COVID lockdown stuff and we can't mention you're all the details, the but OLG, right? Oh, you're allowed to. Okay. Yeah. OLG, the Ontario Lottery Gaming. Yeah, well, so you had great success. Loblaws has been a great client to execute with. We've been doing a lot of work with them lately. Chorus, so like Cookware, right? TV shows. Walmart, exactly. Walmart's been great. So yeah, it's been and Fortinos, I saw. And was it Fortinos or Longos? Oh, Fortinos or Longos? Loblaws. I can't remember now. I, I remember. Okay. Yeah. So that's. There's some big brands, both sides of the border, local and abroad, and it's pretty awesome. I, I love talking about these things. I'm really glad that we were able to sort of say what gets you going in the morning, the idea that we're an email away from our next big smashing success or changing the world or lighting it on fire where everybody keeps calling. So I'm, I'm hopeful that everybody just keeps calling Movia and says, this is getting bigger, whether you like it or not, Casey. And yeah, I know as entrepreneurs, we struggle with the motivation at times, we have the ups and the downs. And right now you're struggling with hiring and hiring the right talent because let's just be honest, you got 10 people today. To do what you guys do with just 10 people is to me absurd, unbelievable. And that's almost like a family. And the next person you hire, you mentioned it's like increasing your sales staff or your team by 10%. But that's like inviting somebody into your family. So that's going to be a struggle. And that's what all entrepreneurs face. It's important. So I wish everybody good luck on their journey on that. So, and please. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of us out there. Like we talk and I talk with others that the hiring thing right now is insane. They, nobody can find good talent or people that are available in any category, which seems really odd. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It seems like we should have people are ready to rock after COVID, but it seems yeah. like not, I'm not really sure. And I yeah, thought that there were lots of people kind of jumping around, but maybe not. No, I haven't figured it out either. There's a weird gap. It's kind of like a whole bunch of people didn't work. And then now all these things open up again and there's, therefore there's a surplus of jobs that should be available. And yet there's not a whole bunch of people running to fill those jobs. I haven't quite figured it out myself. And it's not just you. It's not just me. There's a bunch of companies saying the exact same thing every single day when I talk to them. They're like, we just can't find good talent. I mean, heck, my brother-in-law couldn't even find the right person or company to do his basement. And it was through the roof when he finally did. And that's not even talking about enterprise business like you're doing. So I don't know where the gap is. I mean, if you figure it out, let me know and we'll try and fill some holes. Let's do it together. Let's do it together, man. <laughs> Good. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to sort of tie things up real quick here because I know we got to go, you got to go, and we've got a bunch of other business to do. I keep wrapping up with Casey's time on him and stealing a few minutes here and there. We had a great talk last week, took a little extra time than I promised. So I'll give you back some minutes in your day. Casey, as we're going to wrap up here with an Empowered Podcast, where I have empowered conversations with great people doing great things to empower others, you check all those boxes. So thank you, especially with the tree planting and offsetting carbon. I love that. You're helping others in a big way, bigger than just planting trees, but also providing jobs as Movia and as the tree planting business, if you will, and taking care of farmers around the world. Casey, how do people find you and find Movia? Our website is movia.me. My email is casey at movia.me. It's probably the best. Happy to connect on LinkedIn. But like I said, I'm a traditional out of home guy. So I'm best reached on ancient email. I'll accept your request <laughs> on LinkedIn. 
probably not a good place. No. And so folks, this has been an empowered conversation with Casey Binkley of Movia Media. These guys are crushing it in the, what I call the out of home mobile billboard marketing space. They're providing high impact mobile billboards. They're getting the data analytics. They're, they're nuancing that they're doing the retargeting, remarketing. And I just know that this is going to be something that's going to provide great value to a lot of companies down the road. I'm super excited. I love the fact that Casey, you were open and honest with us that, Hey, you were digging for gold at one time and you had to be that motivated entrepreneur that kept hustling every day. And you're still motivated just to wake up, to find that golden email that will change the position of the company and possibly change people's lives going forward. So that's awesome. Hopefully people picked up on that empowered moment that we can have that conversation. And if you did and you liked it, grab it. It's yours. That's your nugget of gold from Casey. And uh, if you need, reach out to Casey at Movie Media. And uh, Casey, hey, buddy, uh, I know we're going to talk a lot more, but thank you so much for spending some time with us. Awesome. Thanks, Pat. Great to be here. I wish everybody well on their journey. All right. So I'm Patrick McGuire with Empowered Podcast, and we've had a great conversation with Casey Binkley. Thank you so much, folks. Have yourself a great day and be empowered. Empowered. A Blue Mix podcast is hosted by Patrick McGuire and does not constitute a recommendation for any organization, product, or service. Empowered Podcast may be compensated by sponsors, products, or services in this show. For more empowered content, subscribe where you get your podcasts and visit bluemex.io to join us on Discord.